Welcome back to another episode of The Shadows of Jesus, where today I'm joined by Jerrica Moore. Jerrica Moore. All right. A lot of Sundays, people come and they really, they don't know what's going to come out of my mouth, especially the nine o'clock service. It's like, that's my test run. <laughs> um, but with the podcast, I'm pretty scripted. Yeah. And, but, but today we got a treat because we have you. And I never know what's coming out of my mouth. So... so. Uh, you know, I did a little bit of prep work, okay. so I've got, I've got some, I've got some you stuff got some prepared, material. but still great on the fly. All right. Well, today we're covering the gospel according to John. It's a lot. So you ready to dive in? Let's do it. Great. Well, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those are called the synoptic gospels because they're very similar. In other words, they cover a lot of the same material. Um, why, why doesn't John make the cut? Because most of John's gospel is new information that we don't find in the other gospels. Yeah. Um, so, John, what do, we, what do we know about this guy? What do we know about the author of the letter? He's one of the 12 disciples. All right. He's one of Jesus's inner circle. Yeah, like top three friends. With, with Peter and James. He's possibly Jesus's best friend. Yeah, like the one that Jesus loved. That's a good title. That is, uh, he writes first, second, and third John, and also the book of Revelation, Revelation, which we're covering now. All right. All that to say, if you want to know Jesus for who he truly is, um, not for who we want him to be, John, it's a must read. John, John has great information for us and wants us to know Jesus. So, all right. Um, question for you. If you are going to give a new Christian or someone considering Christianity a gospel to read, would it be John or something else? Yeah. So when I was in college, one of my favorite pastors slash Christian speakers, I remember in a sermon, he was like, if someone's you know considering Christianity, I always give them John. And I just heard him say that. And I was like, he must be right. He knows more than me. <laughs> so I said that for years. I was like, John. Yeah. And then the more I... Th- like read the Bible and the more I got into, I was like, John's kind of hard. Yeah. You know? And so it's interesting is um, commentators would say that John, you know, he's, he's the oldest living disciple um, by the, by the time we get to like first, second, third John revelation. But they would say that, you know, when John talks to the church, he calls them like his beloved children, mm-hmm. um, not, not peers, not friends or brothers, but children. And so the most likely these are, his friends, kids that he's writing to, like the church he's writing to. So these are these are second generation Christians. And so they would say that it almost assumes that John is writing to people that have a basic knowledge of Christianity. They might not believe yet, mm-hmm. but they grew up in the church to know like the Christian ease words, the terminology, mm-hmm. the stories. And so John, to really get it, you, you kind of have to be around the Bible. And so if someone's brand new to their faith, if they didn't grow up in the church, I don't think I'm sending them to John. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more of a second generation Christian type book or for someone who now knows the stories. So I'd probably go Luke. Okay. Um, it's written to like, he's a skeptic. He writes for skeptics. So hmm. I'd say Luke or Mark would be my go-to. What about you? What would you revelation? <laughs> read, <laughs> yeah. read this. Read revelation. Um, you know, I don't know after reading, I haven't, well, I, we read Luke last year uh, for Christmas for Christmas, and now reading through John, I would definitely not say John because uh, I'm reading this and I'm like, there is no way if I did not know anything that I would get that Jesus like 
get who he is and what he's saying is very confusing yeah. unless you have that base knowledge. Like cool. I can apply that. I'm looking at what he's saying through that lens. Whereas if I didn't have that Christian lens, it would, none of it would make yeah. sense. So it's pretty interesting. Right, so um, the thesis statement for John is not at the beginning of the letter. So he, he wouldn't maybe pass a college class, but divinely inspired. Um, <laughs> it comes at the end in chapter 20, verse 31. What are the two primary purposes that John writes for us book that we might believe, believe that we might and have, have life. life? Do you know like the, the word or the verb belief, believe um, is used almost 90 times. Like, so you see believe it's almost like in the, and when you read Mark, the word immediately is used a ton. So you like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Mm. Once you know, believe is in there like almost 90 times. You can't unsee it. Mm -hmm. Believe is in there a ton. And also the word life Mm -hmm. is used about 45 times. So those are kind of two key themes, believing in Jesus in such a way that you experience life, eternal life, life abundant. So, all right, let's, let's jump into some chapters. Chapter one, um, it says the beginning was the word and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Mm. So who is John introducing? Jesus. All right. You went to Sunday school. Sunday school answer. Yeah. Um, but then you get to verse 14. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting because it says, and the word, which we already had introduced mm-hmm. as Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Mm-hmm. So, um, the beginning of John introduces to us Jesus and shows us that Jesus is both fully God and fully man. Mm-hmm. Became flesh. Um, all right. So um, the rest of chapter one, we start seeing a bunch of different names for Jesus, which is interesting. Um, what are some of the names he's called? Lamb of God, Rabbi, the Son of God, the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of Israel and the Son of Man. So how capital. Many, how, many, son. how many names is that? That is seven. Seven. And like, do you think that's by design? I don't know. What do you think? I think so. I mean, like, so he, like, John is really strategic with the way he uses numbers. Yeah. Um, so there's debate, like, is John, did John write John and did he also write mm-hmm. Revelation? It's like, or are those two different authors? I'm like, the amount of like numerology that is used in both letters seems to be very much the same style. So this is why I would believe the same John who wrote John hmm. also wrote Revelation. So yeah, I, th- I think I think the seven is by design. Um, and so, um, yeah. Um, so let's just keep moving. Um, each of these names are definitely important. And as we read John, we're going to see how Jesus fulfills each of these titles. Mm-hmm. And as far as the, the number seven goes, um, we're going to see that come up again with seven signs mm-hmm. and also seven what? I am statements. Yeah, so there's seven I am statements. Um, before we jump into chapter two, um, the whole point of the podcast is to, is, what's, what's the podcast called? Shadows of Jesus. Yeah, so it's, it's to show how all of scripture is pointing us to <laughs> Jesus. Um, did you pick up any on any Old Testament stuff? Any like any shadows of Jesus from the Old Testament that we now see coming to light in John? Yeah, there was one in 
in particular that stood out to me, um, which was in chapter in chapter one, when Jesus talks about um, heaven open and the angels of God are ascending and descending, and that immediately points back to Jacob and his dream of the ladder yeah. up to heaven, and how Jesus is the one coming down to mm-hmm. us. Yeah, I think like Lamb of God. There's a lot mm-hmm. of lambs in the, in the Old lambs. Testament, um, whether it's you know the replacement for Isaac not to be sacrificed, whether it's the Passover lamb, whether it's the day mm-hmm. of atonement, Yom Kippur and you know the sacrificial lamb, lots of lambs. Um, also the son of man. Um, we see that in Daniel seven thirteen. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So from the very get go, we kind of start to see like, yeah, Jesus is fulfilling things that the old Testament was pointing towards. At one point, Jesus even says in John, he's like, like Moses wrote about me, which yeah. I'm sure the religious leaders were like, <laughs> What? Who's this guy? Yeah, who does he think he is? All right, so chapters two and four, um, the first half of John's gospel, that's basically chapters two through 12, um, they focus on the signs of the Messiah mm-hmm. where he's fulfilling different aspects of the messianic titles or those names that we've mentioned from chapter one. Um, in chapters two and four, um, his signs are connected to four things that are pretty important in Jewish culture. Do you know what those things are? A wedding. Weddings were big. Like they partied good in the Old Testament. They did. All right, so weddings. The temple. That was a pretty big deal with mm-hmm. God's presence with the people. Uh-huh. A rabbi. Teach it, people that teach. The teacher. Teachers, yeah. Um, and a sacred well. Yeah, like we see wells all over mm-hmm. the Old Testament mm-hmm. too. So, um, all right, so the wedding. The first significant thing. What does Jesus do at the wedding? He turns the water into wine. You gonna have wine at your wedding here in, a, in sixteen days? I feel like that's the most biblical thing to do. Yeah, so um, <laughs> we want to become like Jesus, <laughs> which is interesting. That like once again, like Old Testament stuff that Jesus is fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Read, read Isaiah twenty five six for me. It says, "On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well refined." Yeah. So Jesus is he's fulfilling. So Old Testament pointing towards mm-hmm. this, and this is pointing us towards a greater feast to come, which we'll see in the book of Revelation, this wedding feast. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting is this is called a sign, not a miracle. And John is very intentional with that. There are seven signs, which means it's revealing something about Jesus, but it's pointing us towards it. So imagine you're on a road trip. Let's say you're heading you're heading home to Florida and you're cruising down. Do you go down 95, 26, mm-hmm. 95? So you're going down 95 and you're like, I'm hungry. Those Bucky signs start popping up. All right. So so let's say <laughs> let's say Bucky's starts popping up and it's like you know, gas exit. It's like Bucky's mm-hmm. food exit, Bucky's. Mm-hmm. All right. Like <laughs> you don't stop at the little blue sign with Bucky's on it and go, ha, ah, this is so satisfying. Like that's meant to point you yeah. towards the ultimate destination. In the same way, like these signs, we're not supposed to stop at the sign and find our satisfaction there. These signs are meant to point us beyond to something greater. They're meant to point us towards the brisket Jesus. at Bucky's. <laughs> the, the brisket of life. Um, so yes. All right. So the wedding, what's the, the next one's the temple. What does Jesus do at the temple? At the temple, he cracks a whip. Now what's funny is I went to an elementary school called Cracker Trail down in Florida. And this, this trail that the Cowboys rode on and our, our school song said with the crack of the whip and a jingle of a spur. And so when I read that, I thought of that, of our song, of our school song. So birthed your love for music. (laughs) Um, 
All right. So what does he say? Well, I mean, he cracks the whip. He's mm-hmm. doing some work in the temple and he, he says, jingles his spur and he says, destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it back. Yeah. So what's he talking about? The cross. So he's talking about his, his, his death, mm-hmm. his resurrection. So everything about the temple from the old Testament, like that whole sacrificial system um, was ultimately pointing us to Jesus. Um, so once Jesus comes, we won't need this temple anymore, which we talked about in Matthew. Um, mm. He's going to replace it as the true and better temple. Then, then we get this teacher, a, a rabbi. What's the rabbi's name? Nicodemus. What, is, what does he say? He says, we don't just need more teachers and teachings. We need to be born again. This is what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. Like, um, he's like, how do we see the kingdom? He's like, it's like you, need, you need to be born again. He's like, like I'm old. Like we're yeah. supposed to crawl, <laughs> crawl back, in, <laughs> crawl back in. Like that's in, that's impossible. Oh, so what, no. what do you, what do you think this means? That just reminds you of Ace Ventura. Anyways, <laughs> not an appropriate movie reference for this. Like anyway, rhinoceros. Yes. Oh, uh, what do I think this means? No, what do you think it means? Oh, born man. again. Um, just like new we're new life, new creation. We're dying to our old selves and yeah. the sin. Um, and, and being born again in, in a new spirit. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think like the big idea is to experience life in God's kingdom. We need to be born into new life mm-hmm. through the spirit of God, which means salvation is nothing less than a supernatural act of God. Mm-hmm. Um, after this, we get the most famous verse in the Bible, John three sixteen, which says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not die, but have eternal life. Yeah. Um, after chapter three, we, we, and so we have that belief mm-hmm. in life, those key themes in that verse. Um, we get to the sacred well. It's one of my favorite stories in John. Mm-hmm. What, what happens at the well? This is the woman at the well. Yeah. The Samaritan woman. Samaritan woman. Um, and basically he, he says, um, you know, go back to your husband. And she's like, well, I don't have one. Yeah. And then she, and then basically he tells her all these things and she goes into the city and is like, tells everybody what happened. And then they all believe. And she's like, come see a man who told me everything I did. Mm-hmm. And people are like, that's pretty good gossip. Like, <laughs> I don't want to hear what this man has to say about you. Like, yeah. So they go and they're hearing Jesus. And Jesus, yeah, I just, I love the story. I mean, like one is, is she was considered an outcast, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Biblically, um, Jews and Samaritans didn't commingle. And so like, Old Testament history helps us with that. Helps us with that. Um, Israel split into the north and the south. Israel's in the north. Judah was in the south. The capital of Judah was Jerusalem. Do you know what the capital of Israel was? I'm gonna guess. Okay. Samaria. Good job. <laughs> um, and so then, some kingdoms come in and start conquering the nations. Like the northern tribe of Israel was conquered by the Assyrians. So the Assyrians. Do you know? And so the Syrian is called the Syrian dispersion. So what happens, Assyria comes in, takes over Samaria, and they disperse the people. So they're like, we're going to take you. So it's like they would take you out of Johnson City and be like, mm-hmm. we're going to put you in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And how do you like the cold? No. Yeah, it's like, and then they would take Minnesotans. I don't know if that's what they're called. And they'd bring them to Johnson City. It's like this whole like just moving around to people and, and pr- putting people um, in a way that they can't unify and be powerful together, but dispersing people into places that are foreign to. So all these foreigners are brought into Samaria mm-hmm. and they never move. And so when, so when Persia comes along and they're like, you can go home, all these Jews go back, but guess who's living there? Foreigners. 
And then the Jews start to intermarry mm. with foreigners, and um, and now they're not full-bred Jews. They're half-breeds, which is frowned upon within Judaism. Mm-hmm. And so the term Samaritan is like to call someone a half-breed. Mm. And so so because of that, Samaria was considered this place like, don't go there. There's a bunch of half-breeds there. It was, a, it was like a racial slur to call someone a Samaritan. So Jesus goes, and he's talking to her, and she's like, you shouldn't be talking to me. Yeah. Like, this is scandalous. You yeah. know? And, uh, and so he, he's, like, he's like, let's talk. It was, it's a, it's a, it was a divine appointment. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Jesus just shows her that he's the water, that he's the well that never runs dry, that he's what mm-hmm. she's always longed for. And, and she comes to salvation. Then her testimony, which is scandalous, mm-hmm. is used by God to lead a ton of other people to Christ, which lets us know, that, like, hey, our story um, has purpose in God's hands to help other people come to know the love of Christ as well. So like, it's one of my, like I said, one of my, we can just keep going, but it's one of my favorite stories. I mean, another p- favorite of my story is Jesus t- defines a true worshiper. Yeah. with it, Worshiping in spirit and in truth, and mm-hmm. that's what the Father wants. And so... That's another good, yeah. good takeaway out good of that stuff. story. All right, so chapters five through ten, um, Jesus Jesus's signs are now connected to four Jewish feasts. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so think back to like Leviticus. We lay mm-hmm. out all these different feasts. What are what are four that we see in these chapters? Um, the Sabbath, the Passover, the Feast of Booths, and Hanukkah. Hanukkah. So Hanukkah is not in Leviticus, um, <laughs> but the other three are. Um, so the Sabbath, what does Jesus do on the Sabbath? He heals a man who has been invalid for 38 years. Yeah, like and I, I find something I just, that stood out to me is he asked the guy, do you want to be healed? Mm-hmm. It's like, that seems like an obvious yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is if healing is ultimately for the purpose of bringing us to a right relationship with Jesus and being in a right relationship with Jesus is going to result in our lives changing. The truth is some people would rather stay in their stuff mm. than ever change. And so for some people, it's like, do you, like, do you want to, do you want to come to Christ? They're like, nah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so it's, it seems like a ridiculous question, but the truth is, is some people are more comfortable in their condition and would rather just stay there in their comfort zone than, yeah. than change to be more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do the religious leaders respond after he does this? Well, they want to kill him. Yeah. So <laughs> they're not happy. Not happy at all. Um, so he's, <laughs> Jesus is obviously not taking advice from the book, how to win <laughs> friends and influence people. Um, that gets us to the next feast yes. from Leviticus, the Passover. What does he do here? This is where he feeds the 5,000. They're out in the desert. Mm -hmm. They're hungry. Um, And so what does he feed them? The bread and fish from the little boy's lunchbox. It's like a little lunchable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he feeds 5,000 people. And that's, some people would say like, that's probably just the guys. Like that's not including wives Mm -hmm. and children. So Mm -hmm. there's a ton of people here. Um, But what's interesting with this is like thinking back to the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. um, where else in the Bible do we see God feeding his people in the wilderness? Um, after Israel escaped from Egypt. Yeah, they're out in, they're out there and they're hungry. And what does God give them? The manna from heaven. And a cheap bread. And numbers at one point, they're like, we want meat. And what uh-huh. does God give them? They give them quail or quail. quail. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah, see, look at that. See, quail. I'm passing my test. And, um, and so, This is really what this podcast is about. So, <laughs> so who was leading the people back then? Moses. Moses. And at the end of Deuteronomy, Moses says there will be a prophet like him, but greater. 
So Israel has been looking for this new Moses. Now Jesus shows up, takes the people into the wilderness, Mm -hmm. miraculously feeds them with cheap (laughs) bread and fish, uh, cheap meat, and everyone's like connecting the dots. And what are they thinking? That this is the new Moses. Yeah, like this is the guy. Um, And so they want to make him king because they're thinking like, obviously this will be a a forceful military style overtaking of our Roman Mm -hmm. oppression. So this is the guy. So before they can make him king, what what does Jesus do? He walks away. How does he walk away? On water. (laughs) (laughs) Like Like, what a cool, that's like the ultimate mic drop. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm out. Um, So after, after this, this sign, Jesus makes like this famous I am statement. I mm-hmm. am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And so mm-hmm. we'll come back to the I am statements later. But um, how, do, how do people respond? Like read verses 66 through 69. This is, this is just fascinating. It says, after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Yeah. And once again, we see those, those terms, belief. Believe and life. life. <laughs> um, and so it's like, 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 I heard a pastor once talk about how um, his mentor preached a sermon about talking people out of following him. And he's like, like and after the sermon, just hundreds of people gave life to Christ. And so he's like, I try to do it. And, uh, and he's like, and I did, I did a really good job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, Jesus like, isn't just begging people. You've got to follow me. What can I do? Like, I'm going to shift. Yeah. He's like, here, it is what it is. Yeah. And he's like, do you want to go too? like, he's not trying to like coddle people. And he's just like, yeah. he, I, I, I just love that. Jesus is like, Hey, like you're in or you're out. Like, I'm not going to mm-hmm. hold your hand or try to, to tweak things to make it more comfortable for you. This is, this mm-hmm. is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just love, I love Peter. He's like, that's where we go. Yeah. Like you're it. Yeah. So, um, after this, we get to the feast of tabernacles. Mm-hmm. You, what's a tabernacle? It's just a fancy word for a tent. Yeah. The old tent. So, so this feast was to remember a season when people camped out in the desert, which you got a lot of camping gear for your wedding shower, right? Uh, Yeah. So you guys are good we're, to go. We're pretty much prof- we're pretty much professionals. Yeah. Um, so, um, so when Israel is out in the wilderness, intense. How did God lead them? It was intense. I'm just kidding. Uh, with the cl- with the cloud during the day and fire at night. Has what do all- you call a circus fire? What intense. Ah. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, moving so on. we already <laughs> talked about God um, about about. Um, how God fed them with cheap bread. But what happened when they were thirsty in the Old Testament, like in the desert? This is where God told Mosik, Moses to strike, Mosik. Moses to strike the rock. And out of the rock came water. water. Then he does it again on its own. Uh-huh. Doesn't, doesn't go so well. Doesn't work. Then they're in the but, wilderness for. So, like, so the, the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, when they're remembering being out in the wilderness, Jesus stands up and he says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Mm-hmm. And um, what's interesting, do you know, Do you know, sorry, I should have quoted this verse, right after this, when it talks about out of his heart will come um, rivers of living water, do you know mm-hmm. what the, that is? Mm. The Holy Spirit. Mm. And so water and the Holy Spirit are, are connected to each other. So if we were to back up to Nicodemus and Jesus says you got to be baptized of... 
water and the spirit and this like so it's like they're they're like almost the same mm-hmm. same type type thing it's it's not saying like if you're not baptized by water you don't be saved mm-hmm. kind of have the thief of the cross he didn't get water baptized so some people use that as like a proof text like it says right here if you're not baptized in water you will not be saved mm. um anyways that's neither here nor there um, after the Feast of Tabernacles, we have the Feast of Dedication, which is also known as Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Did you like, is Adam Sandler music too, too, um, old for the current times? I'm old too. And I get it. So maybe. Yeah. The, yeah. His Hanukkah. Hanukkah song. Then what was Festivus That's Seinfeld. from Seinfeld? <laughs> George's dad. Um, Festivus. So we talked about this in our episode on Ezekiel. Um, but basically like. Greek, the Greeks overtake Jerusalem and a lot of priests just kind of, they become Hellenist. Like mm-hmm. they, they kind of blend Judaism within Greek culture and they, they just defile the temple. Like, and so there's priests doing stupid things that they shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. in the temple. And, and, um, and it, when the Maccabees take the temple back, um, this is in the intertestamental period between the old Testament, and new Testament. Um, they, they, the people are like, how did we get to this point? And they're like bad shepherds. Like our priests should have been leading us to faithfulness were bad shepherds. And so they, so and that it talks about in Ezekiel, bad shepherds. And so during Hanukkah, they read Ezekiel remembering bad shepherds and how bad shepherds led them to, to pull away from God, not draw near. Mm-hmm. And it's during this feast that Jesus stands up. And what does he say? One, a good I am statement. I am the... Good shepherd. Good shepherd. Yeah. So I, I love, I love that as uh, as Jesus kind of uses each one of these things in a unique way to show how they're ultimately pointing. Are we keeping him. track of how many of these ones that I don't have the answer to? I'm getting right because I'm doing pretty well, but <laughs> yeah, Carter can add that to the video afterwards. <laughs> add um, a tally. Yeah. So, Check. <laughs> so Jesus takes all these feasts and basically says everything, like all this Old Testament stuff. Like this is the best. John is such a good proof text to the purpose of this podcast. Mm. He's like, he's like mm-hmm. all this stuff in the Old Testament. Yeah. It's pointing, it's pointing to me. All right. So before we move on to the next few chapters, there are some verses that raise some questions. And Ooh. so, yeah. So 637, Jesus says, all the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Mm-hmm. Then 644, he says, no one, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. So it seems like, like there's something that God has to do to draw us to Jesus. And if that doesn't happen, God doesn't interfere. Mm-hmm. We don't make a choice. Um, and he says, and I will raise him up on the last day. So this was a, this was a question that I asked you and like, th- does this point, is this Calvinism? Is this one of the things that they use? And so are, where do you, where do you fall? Are you yes. Calvinist? <laughs> Am I Calvinist? Are you? Um, <laughs> Hot so seat. I, I, I love, I love, so when I w- my first church that I was at in Georgia, um, one one of my professors came, and um and the a church down the street was like hardcore Calvinist, flew a flag, every sermon somehow turned to Calvinism, mm-hmm. and the church split. They're like this pastor is just like he's like militant about it, and um and so so um, my seminary was known as being a reformed seminary, which some people would call a Calvinistic seminary, and uh, one of our professors came to speak. And, uh, and like someone that came from that church was just so alarmed. They're mm-hmm. like, 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 I don't want this Calvinist coming here. So the guy gets up and does this amazing talk. And, um, and the guy can't hear a word he said, cause all he's concerned about is, is this guy a Calvinist? So at the end he goes, I got a question for you. Yes or no. Are you a Calvinist? 
And I just love, I love the, the professor goes, I can't answer that in a yes or no question. He goes, do I believe in the sovereignty of God? Yes. Do I believe in infant baptism? No. He's like, mm-hmm. Calvin believed a lot of things. And, um, but I, and so I, just, I thought this was so good. He, he said, Calvinism is not in the Bible, but predestination is. Mm. He said, so are you asking if I believe in predestination? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I, just thought, I thought it was like a really good perspective. Like, so do I believe in predestination? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, I would say I believe in it. So when you think, think about it like this, um, I, I think when we think about free will, um, it's like, let's say you go to a voting booth and you sit down, you have a, a, a ballot and you can be like, you can be like, all right, I vote for this. I vote for that. And so imagine like you just have your life and you can vote for, do I want to go to college here? Do I want to be in this profession? We kind of feel like we, it's like the imagery of, of going into a voting booth. Um, I, I see it as God is the one who goes into the booth, not us. Mm. God goes into the booth and he votes and chooses us. And, um, and so do I fully understand it? No, like I think, I think, I think for much of eternity, I'll be marveling at this. Um, but it blows my mind that God would, would choose me to salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't fly a flag about it. Yeah. Um, I don't try to bend every sermon to it, but when the Bible seems to to say that God chooses us, I'm not going to try to twist it to say something else. Yeah. Um, when the Bible says that we have a responsibility to repent and believe, I'm not going to twist it to be like, well, you can't do that unless you're saved, yeah. <laughs> unless yeah. you're predestined. Like I'm just going to, I'm going to preach like an Arminian um, or I'm, I'm going I'm to call people to response like an Arminian and I'm going to, I'm going to preach with confidence of a Calvinist. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd probably butcher that saying, but anyways, I get it anyways. So, all right. So, um, so moving on chapter 11, mm-hmm. um, the seventh sign, right? So, so far, what are the signs we've got? We've got water turning into wine in chapter two, the healing, the nobleman's son in chapter four. Um, we've got the, the, the man, um, that gets healed, the, the invalid in chapter at five the, at the pool and then the feeding the 5,000 in chapter six. Um, also in chapter six, how does he peace out? Walking on water, Walking on water. And then, uh, then the and then healing, son. healing the man born blind. Yeah, chapter nine. That's one of those deals where it's like he, like we asked the question about, mm-hmm. like it's like why did it take multiple times for mm-hmm. him to see? See, talked about that last week in Mark. Um, and so, so chapter eleven, we get the next sign, and um, what happens? Jesus raises Lazarus from the grave. Yeah, so Lazarus dies. Um, Jesus is about to go to him. And his disciples don't want him to go. Why? Because the last time he was in Judea, people wanted to kill him. So if he returns, he'll basically be citing his death. He's he's going to his death sentence. Yeah, it's like they're like, if you go back there, people will kill you. And yeah. so he it's like goes- Simba in the Lion King. He's going back to take <laughs> Pride Rock, but he knows the scar and the hyenas are there to get him. Yeah. So basically. Disney is just retelling <laughs> the story of the gospel. They stole it's the story. It's not about Hamlet. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he's basically, so, so Jesus goes, right. And what's mm-hmm. crazy is, is it's four days later. So, I mean, like he's, he's dead. Like there's no question. There's no chance of, of him coming back to life. And then be like, ah, oh, he just was knocked out. Like they're like, nope, at day four, he's dead. Jesus comes back, um, saves his friend. And, um, and, but, but because he does so in a way that signs his death warrant, mm-hmm. this sign is pointing us to two things. What, what are they pointing us to? One, that Jesus is going to die to save us. Yes. And then two, that like Lazarus, he'll rise again from the grave. Uh, 
So um, does this mean that Jesus wasn't the first resurrection? All right. So that's a great question. So it's like, did Lazarus, was this a resurrection? I, I thought Jesus was the first. Yeah. But this guy's dead. And then he, and then he's alive. <laughs> he's back to life. So is this? Is so this, is that a resurrection? Yeah. So I think the the way that the best way I've heard this explained is there's, there's a difference between resuscitation mm. and resurrection. If you're resuscitated back to life, mm-hmm. you will die again. So Lazarus, he comes back to life. He's resuscitated, mm-hmm. but ultimately Lazarus doesn't live for all eternity. Like he 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 dies he's again. Die. Yeah. Um, but Jesus is resurrected, and re- and resurrection. We're in eternal life and will never die again. So mm-hmm. when Jesus is resurrected, he's completely transformed, and there will there, now there is no there will be no more death. Mm. And so Lazarus resuscitation, Jesus resurrection, resuscitation versus resurrection. That can be a time marker. There you go, boom. Um, so that's kind of the first half, chapter twelve more or less kind of kind of 11 and 12 were like that middle ground. Mm-hmm. Um, in chapter 12, after Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, the Jews begin to plot a way to kill him. Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. Um, and then chapters 13 and 17, it's like all of a sudden we're just, those chapters cover just kind of a really short mm-hmm. period of time, like one night. Um, any, any, any thoughts that you had in the first half that you're like, Jeff, I wanted to say this. Not in not in the first half. All right. So you got yeah. so the stuff that you're, 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 your stuff that you you said you brought to the table today. It's in the second. Well, that half. was for chapter thirteen. Okay. All right. Which we're getting to. We're getting close. Okay. So chapters I'm thirteen ready. through seventeen focus on Jesus's final night mm-hmm. and his last words to his disciples. So so what are some of the big things that happen here? Um, this is where Jesus washes washes his disciples' feet. That's a lot of plurals. Yeah. Um, you know, he says he's going to go away mm-hmm. and that this will be good because he's going to send us a helper. Who's mm-hmm. the helper? The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Um, now, this is hard for me because if, if you were to, like, if you read 16, seven, Jesus, like, it's to your advantage that I go away. Like, it's yeah. better that I leave you. Yeah. And if I was like, Jerica, you can have physical Jesus or the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Physical Jesus, you can see, you can look into his eyes, you can hear his voice, the tone. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you know, feel his warmth. Or the Holy Spirit that like you're like, yeah. <laughs> what would you what would you what would you take? That's really hard. That's a hard question. Like, I don't I, know. If 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 I if I was being honest, not giving right. the right answer, right. I would say Jesus. I would, I would yeah. much rather. I think I feel like my answer would be: Can I just? I mean, I have experienced the Holy Spirit. Can I just experience a real Jesus and then make my yeah. make my decision? I guess that's where the disciples were. They have experienced the real Jesus, but haven't experienced the Holy Spirit, and so that's why their response was like, "What? Yeah. What do you mean?" Um, and so then after this, he gives the the high priestly prayer, where there's kind of three three parts of the prayer. He prays for himself, the, his disciples, and future believers. Yeah. So um, so in these chapters. You said chapter thirteen. What, Chap- what, what, what's, chapter so Jesus- thirteen. This is going to be a reach. Okay, I had to. I had to phone some friends on this because, like, who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah. Whenever I read the Bible, sometimes I view it through the lens of like, you know, other people I know or TV show characters. And reading chapter thirteen, I couldn't help but think about Dwight and Michael Scott from The Office. 
And I know this is going to be really funny. Some people might be like, what? Don't say that. But listen, whenever, whenever Jesus is washing their feet, Peter first says, don't, don't wash my feet. And then Jesus says, well, if I don't, you have no share with me. And so then he's like, well, don't just wash my feet, wash my hands, wash my head. And so he's like always just trying to jump in and like be really extreme. And then the same thing um, uh, later when, whenever they're sitting at the table at the last supper and Jesus says like, someone's going to betray me. Well, we think this is John talking about himself, but one of his disciples whom Jesus loved is reclining next to Jesus. And so Simon looks over at him and was like, hey, find out what Jesus is talking about, find out who it is. And so like that just reminds me of like Dwight would ask Jim like, hey, go find, go find something out. Um, and then even at the end uh, when Simon says, or Jesus says, uh, yeah, Simon says, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterwards. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And so there's just scenes in the office where like Michael is like coming into the office. He's like <sighs> trying to smell his breath. He goes up to Pam. He's like, Pam, smell my breath. Does it smell bad? And Dwight's like, I'll, I'll smell it. I'll smell your breath. <laughs> just like, I feel like that whole chapter was just like, Peter's like, I'll do whatever you say, Jesus. Just let me, let me be the assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> Anyways, could be a long shot. There's a caveat here. There's people who have seen The Office and yeah. there's people who watch The Office. I have seen The Office, but I had to go talk to people who like watch The Office and they're like, yeah, that's pretty funny. So right. fellow office watchers will get that reference and so hopefully- I don't, I don't watch The Office. Hopefully so, find like, it funny. So people, people that don't watch sports- or like Jeff, I hate your sermon illustrations. We yeah. talk about, so I, f I feel like I'm like this is what they feel like you, every Sunday. You don't get it, <laughs> but until but I trust you. It's but funny. as I was reading that, I just couldn't help but see Dwight and Michael Scott, and yeah. maybe that will connect with some people. Yeah, it's good. Awesome. I, I just I, I love how he's like he's like he's like I don't wash your feet. You have no part with me. He's like whole body. He's like yeah, your feet will do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> I was like feet. Dwight's like I'll come rescue you. Michael's yeah. like don't send Dwight. Don't send Dwight. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so chapters 18 through 20, these chapters cover Jesus's arrest, trial, death, and resurrection. Mm -hmm. um, I love what happens in chapter 18. When Jesus asks the soldiers, who do you seek? They say, Jesus of Nazareth. And when Jesus says, I am he, what happens? They fall to the ground. Yeah, it's like, it's like, I just, I'm, I'm, like this moment, you know, I almost feel like if it was a, a Marvel movie, there'd be like that sonic, like, Mm. Like just like just this moment of I am he and they just hit the ground. Mm. Um, so that's that's incredible to me. And and so sometimes we think of Jesus as almost weak and feeble mm -hmm. as he goes to the cross. But but I think man, John just portrays this moment as a moment of of power and strength on display um, more than this moment being Jesus as as weak. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about the phrase I am. So he says I am he mm -hmm. and they fall. Um, so seven I am statements. Yes. And, um, and so some of them are like, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. Says, I am the door. I am the good shepherd. Um, he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he also says in chapter 15, I am the true vine. Mm -hmm. And so, well, back, back to the soldiers falling down. Um, Jesus gets Jesus gets arrested, 
he's put on trial and then he goes to the cross and what does he say on the cross before he breathes his last breath? It is finished. Yeah. And so, um, so right before he says the, the, it is finished, there's this encounter, um, with his mom. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so, so let's, we'll come back to it is finished. Mm-hmm. Um, but 26 and 27, those verses, what is, mm-hmm. what does Jesus, what does it say? It says when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple who he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Yeah. So when he says, behold your son, who do you think he's talking about there? Well, initially I think he's talking about himself. Like, yeah. behold, I am your son. Yeah. And so. <laughs> yeah. But he's actually talking about John. Yeah. And so this is this crazy moment. Um, after Jesus's childhood, Joseph is never mentioned again. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know that until, mm-hmm. until we preached through John a couple years ago. And, and I read that I was, I was like, right. And so it's speculated that he's most likely dead. Mm. Like, so, 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 so Joseph is not in the picture and um, Jesus's other brothers, James and Jude have, have like abandoned him at this point. And so he's looking at his mom. He's like, there's nobody to take care of her. And so in this encounter, he's, he's saying, mom, John's going to be like a son to you. Mm. And John, I need you to look after her. Like I would, if I was still, if I was still around. And it shows us that that's exactly what John does. He becomes like a son to Mary and make sure that she's, she's taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so, but back, back to the, it is finished. Uh, like, this is awesome. The Greek word, do you know what it is? To tell us die. Popular, popular Christian tattoo. Oh yeah. Um, and, and back in the day, if you were in debt, you didn't receive like a monthly mortgage statement or a monthly credit card bill. Someone had one receipt with all of your debts on it. And, and once you paid it all back, they would, they would take a stamp and they would stamp the word to tell to tell us die over the receipt, which was a way of saying your debts have been paid in full. Mm. So the imagery here is we have a receipt with all of our sins on it, like every sin, past, present, future, um, and like and I think that this thing is really interesting. If if you were to sin today. Um, let me just say this. when, when you I sin today, today I, <laughs> like there's nothing you could do that Jesus was like, Whoa, like, like yeah. I, I don't know you're going to do that one went to the cross. It's like, no, like he, like everything that you're going to do, mm-hmm. like he, he's like, I went to the cross for that. Um, and so what we have is this receipt of all of our sins. And then at the cross, it's like in the blood of Christ stamped on the receipt of our sin, past, present, future, it says paid in Mm-hmm. And um and so I I heard a sermon that was so powerful for me um, where the the pastor was talking about how um how often in our Christian life we're reminded of our sin and just like we, and like it's like Satan's just whispering to us like remember when you did this remember when you did that and she, and he tries to to shame us he tries to put guilt on our shoulders he tries to basically make us feel like you're not worthy of calling yourself a Christian. You're not worthy of showing up and worshiping today. Like who are, who are you to go raise your hands? Like, don't you know what you just did? Mm. And, um, and it's, it's, and he says like, when this happens, it's almost like Satan's reading the receipt. And he says, so he said, but what we know as Christians is if he's reading the receipt, um, he's reading the receipt at the foot of the cross mm. and, and the receipt has more words stamped over it. And so, so he's, so he's powerfully was like Satan. What is, 
What else does the receipt say? Mm-hmm. Yes, I've sinned. Yes, I've messed up. Yes, I'm fallen. Yes, I'm not worthy. But what else does the receipt say? Yeah, paid in full. Like I said, yeah. I love the imagery of of the the it is finished to tell us die paid in full. Um, then there there are two other things that stand out to me that I love in chapter twenty, mm-hmm. and I think they're, just, they're easy to miss, um, but just so they're not like life changing by any means. I just think they're cool. Verse fifteen, um, Jesus said to her. Woman, why are you weeping? Um, who are you seeking? And who does Mary think Jesus is? A gardener. A gardener. Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> that's just funny. <laughs> okay. um, so the Bible starts with a garden. Uh-huh. And who messes it up? Adam and Eve. Yeah. So, so Adam was the first gardener. Mm. And he messes up creation. Now Jesus appears like a gardener. Gardener because he's a better Adam mm. and he's now gardening new creation. So I, I think, I think the imagery of him appearing as a gardener isn't just like a, Oh, she thought that he was like a gardener. It's like, no, this is intentional showing mm-hmm. us a, a picture of what Jesus is up to now. Um, and then another thing is in verse 16, Jesus says her name um, to the woman he's talking to in English. What does it say? Mary, Mary. Uh, but if you open up a Greek Bible, it doesn't say Mary. Mm. It says Miriam. And as you read, like, so then you go back and like, is that what he always called her? <laughs> and like, and so, cause I, in my mind, I'm like, maybe this is just a, um, this is like his pet, like nickname for her. Like, yeah, you nickname. know, it's like you call Brian B. Yeah. Uh, it's like, like, maybe like, this is like Jesus calling her Miriam. It's like, you call, call people B. Yeah. Um, and so, and so look, no, other times John calls her Mary. Miriam. So wh- why, why would John in the Greek, say Miriam here. Well, um, where else do we see Miriam in the Bible? She was the older sister of Moses and a prophetess. Yeah, so we read Exodus like Miriam yeah. was this prophetess, and a prophet, a prophetess, mm-hmm. communicates a word from God to God's people. And so um, it could be that Jesus is using the name Miriam to let Mary know that, like a prophetess, she has mm-hmm. a message to give. Hmm. Um, and so what is the, what's the immediate response to this? He goes, now go tell the other disciples. And yeah. so, so I think he's, he's in, is it employing her, deploying her either way. Like he's, he's like giving her this mission as, yeah. as a woman with a message to give to God's people. So I think that's cool. Anything else in those chapters that stand out to you? That's it. All right. So then it wraps up with chapter 21. Um, it's one of my favorite parts of, of this, this part is the restoration of Peter. Mm. And so when, Peter first denied Jesus. Like he's, where, where's he at? He's warming himself up mm-hmm. by a fire. Fire, And now Jesus is, he's like, makes another fire. He's like, I want to bring you, I want to bring you back to the fire pit. Mm. And then um, Jesus is, um, Peter's out fishing. And do you remember in Luke five, what, what like the encounter when Jesus calls the disciples they weren't catching anything. They weren't catching anything. He's like, yeah. put that over there. Put that no check mark. Tally up yeah. my test score. Um, and so, <laughs> and so it's like this moment. It's like like this. Like it's bringing them back to when Jesus first called them mm-hmm. as the disciples. Um, like they catch all these fish. The net's not breaking. It's like what in the world's going on here? And then Jesus brings them to the fire. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, like I want to restore you to ministry. Like what you see is your biggest failure. What you could potentially see as this makes me unworthy to be used for God's kingdom. He's like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not done with you. And I'm, I'm going to use you even in the midst of your mistakes 
to be instrumental in in building my church. And so mm-hmm. Jesus just reaffirms him that you, you can't out God's grace, that God's not done with you no matter what you've done. He can still, uh, the line that um I forgot who said it or where I read it, but just like, you know, he, God paints straight with the crooked lines of our lives. And I think we just see that mm-hmm. in this restoration of Peter, but yeah. um, anything else from John? That's a wrap. That's a wrap. All right. So, um, Next week, um, I'll find another guest, and we'll be in Luke. So just keep tracking. Jerry, you want to come back at another point in the, in the New Testament? I will. I'll come back. All right, sweet. Maybe not until the end of October, but I'll be back. Yeah, you got to get married. <laughs> I got to um, get married first. First Peter, you're an expert in that, so we'll, we'll mark that one down. First Peter? You're an expert in First Peter. We'll never get there. Okay. All right. All right. Expert. See you guys. Stronger. See you guys next time.